Hi, and welcome to Tall Tales Uncovered. I am Joe Cummings. I appreciate all the good folk listening in, all the new and longtime listeners, and all you history buffs. Please share this podcast and do a rating review on Apple or whatever platform you're using to help us spread our great true history tales. We must keep history alive. We are celebrating soon the 130th year celebration of the great land run of the Cherokee Strip. 100,000 people in a bedlam race to stake a claim on one of the 40,000 available 160-acre farm or town lots available on September 16, 1893. Today, we have a tall tale indeed. The Oklahoma Historical Society sponsored a travel contest in March 2023. Participants will travel to Oklahoma historical sites across the state of Oklahoma, competing to see who can visit the most sites. Whoever visits the largest number of sites can choose as a prize, either a killable ride at the Fort Gibson Historical Site or name a baby bison this spring at the Pawnee Bill Ranch Museum. The race is on. Visiting with all of you listeners today is B. Parker, the winner of the contest, and her husband, Mike, to tell you about their exciting adventures in the museum race. Welcome, B. Thanks, thanks for doing this. Sure. More than happy to be here. What piqued your interest in entering the contest? Well, I think it was because my husband and I have always visited uh, historical sites. We have uh, visited several presidential libraries, uh, visited lots of uh, national parks and museums around uh, the country. So we decided, why not? We have the time and the energy we think, so let's do it. That sounds like a fun trip. What What were the basic requirements of the contest? Basically, the contest ran uh, the month of March, so all the visitations had to be uh, tallied and reported in by the 31st of March. Um, At each site that you visited, you needed to take a photo and publish that to the public on a social media site. I chose Facebook, and um, so each time we visited one of the sites on the list, there were 25, 24 in the long run because one was closed we would take a, our picture or my picture and post it to that public site on Facebook. Did you use all four weeks of the month or how, how long did it take you to, did you do to do this? Well, you know, it really didn't come to our attention until after March started. So it was the 10th before we actually made our first road trip and we went from the 10th of March to the 30th of March and got them all done. Wow, that's, that's, that's moving. Yes, it was moving, but it was very organized and uh, we're able to do it in different segments. That's neat. What, which one did you enjoy the most? You know, that's a loaded question because, um, because we do like museums and the stories that they tell. Uh, we enjoyed all of them. We learned a lot about the state um, that we did not know. We had visited the museums closest to us where we live in Oklahoma but had not ventured out across the state. So we really enjoyed them all. That's quite understandable. Did you, was there one that you think you learned the most from? We learned uh, a lot that we did not know uh, in the southeastern part of the state of Oklahoma that tells the story of the Civil War activities. We had no, no knowledge of that. So that was very interesting to us. That, that, is, that is exciting. A lot of people don't know that either. Did all of them give tours to you at the museums? 
Um, not really. A couple of the sites were uh, open and like cemeteries, so there were no, there were, there was nobody there except the graves. Um, I think at all of the sites, someone who would be there would be willing to give a tour, but it wasn't necessary at all of them. How many miles did you go? That's quite a trip. You know, it was quite a trip, but it was spread out in three weeks' time, so it wasn't so bad. I think we totaled up a little over 1,200 miles and uh, had a couple of overnight stays in a motel because we were on the other side of the state. (laughs) Yeah, I bet that was. Which one was the farthest museum? The farthest site would have been way, since we live in the northern part of Oklahoma, our farthest site was way down in the southeastern part of Oklahoma that kind of almost bordered the state of Texas, Fort Towson. Wow, how far is that? A long ways. <laughs> it, long it almost, way. it's really close to the Arkansas border as yeah. well, the Arkansas River. So that was the farthest, yes. Wow. Uh, well, that's exciting that you won the contest and you went to all 24 of them. What prizes did you win? Well, there were a couple of prizes, uh, but the one that we really liked was the fact that we would have the opportunity to name the first bison born. Uh, at the Pawnee Bill Ranch and Museum in Pawnee, Oklahoma. And so we were able to do that. And my husband wanted to name, um, since we didn't know whether, I don't know that anybody knew whether the bison would be, the baby would be a male or female. His grandmother, who is, was half Creek Indian, name was Leora. And on different places in genealogy sites, you will see Leo, Ora, or Leora. So he wanted to name the baby Bison. If it was a male, it would be Leo. And if it was a female, it would be Aura. And so, and that's how he came up with that. And and he wanted to kind of tie it to his Native American heritage with the Bison. So I think that worked out really well. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's fun, yeah. Did you get to see Aura? Did you ever go see the the baby? We we did, we were notified the baby was born. And uh, so we took a, a road trip, another road trip over to Pawnee on a very busy day at Pawnee. It was the end of school and uh, a lot of children were there for their field trips, but we did. We ventured out in the car on the road, out into the pasture, and we did see her with her mother uh, out amongst the, buff- the not the buffalo, but the bison. And interestingly enough, something that simple, we learned that there was a herd of bison and alongside the herd of bison was a herd of longhorns. And they wouldn't, they weren't mixed, they were two different herds, but they were traveling the fields together. So I, I didn't That's realize neat. that they were that compatible or that easy going. But anyway, yes, we did see her, cute little thing. Did you get pictures? We did get pictures, yes, yeah. mm-hmm. of course we did. We couldn't, <laughs> we, what we would have really liked would have been to be in the field and have a picture with yeah. her, that might have been but you get there and you think, there's yeah. no way I'm going yeah. out there with those big old animals, but yeah. uh, it was fun. It was a, it was a really neat um, way to tie up the adventure. That's, congratulations again. Would you do it all again? You know, we probably would if the society oh. adds sites um, we would probably go visit those sites. I don't know that we would do the contest again because I don't know that it would be really fair. There were other people in the contest, and it was. Uh, we noticed that during spring break in March, there were a lot. There were a couple of families that really did a lot of visiting, and so with children. And so, since we've seen uh, what there was to see at this time, 
we wouldn't probably enter the contest again for their sake. I mean, so the yeah. children could have, you know, and the younger families could have a chance. But, but we will definitely continue to visit museum sites, yes. That's wonderful. Do you have any suggestions for the Oklahoma Historical Society from all your trips? About the museums? I think that uh, the places that we visited were well marked and uh, claimed by the society. The only thing, my only disappointment was that the fact that none of the sites that we visited had information about that particular site and why it was uh, acquired by the society. I think that if there had been just like, I don't know, a trifold or a little flyer you could purchase for a couple of bucks, they would go. Um, I was kind of disappointed that because some of those stories with those sites are really good, good history stories. And if you don't remember what you saw, don't take notes, which guess what? We didn't take notes. Well, um, not, yeah. I mean, we got home and got it written down, but uh, it wouldn't. Anyway, that would be my suggestion that somehow they figure out some kind of old card or little flyer or something you could purchase for whatever minimal amount to take with you as a, as a souvenir. Was it, was it expensive? To, what did it cost to go to the museum? Well, there was, for us, it was hardly anything because we're senior citizens. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's a student price, and then there, you know, it ranged $5, $10. It's not expensive. Oh, okay. And some of them were free. Wow. There was no charge. And so, uh, but, wow. you know, I mean, if you're wanting to support a cause, if you're that interested... Uh, it's not an expensive family activity um, to go to a museum, um, and there's just there's just so much to learn. So it wasn't it wasn't that bad, and of course a couple of <clears throat> like I say a couple of them were free. Would you? I think for our listeners, <clears throat> would like to know where the museums are and what they are. If you would mind uh, listing your museums and telling us where they are and any anything you want to say about them. I'd be happy to do that. I do have a list of them, and they were all so different. So I'll try to make this quick. There's no hurry. We, um, like I said, we had visited a few of these already in previous years, once or twice. Um, But since they were on the list, we had to visit them again so I could get a picture of my actual presence to publish public on social media. So we began in Perry, Oklahoma. Um, we that day, that first day, we made four different museums up the, that part of the state. We went to Perry to see the Cherokee Strip Museum and Rose Hill School. We went to Pawnee, to Pawnee Bill Ranch and Museum, which is where Aura is. Did you see the buffalo when you were there? She the wasn't born time? yet. She wasn't no, born. no, the first time. Did you see the No, buffalo? she wasn't born yet. No, I know. Did you see the buffalo herd when you were there? Oh, yeah, we saw the buffalo. Oh, yes, we can't oh. go there without... Yes, we saw the buffalo. Um, however, they took on a much better significance once we had a baby out there to yeah. look at. Um, so, and, and Pawnee Bill's real name was Gordon William Lilly, by the way, 1860. Anyway, so then we went from Pawnee, from Perry to Pawnee, and then to Hominy to see Fred and Addie Drummond home to 1905, wow. three-story Victorian home. It was wonderful. The, the guide there, there was a guide there, was fun and very informative. It's a really neat story. We went from there to um, <clears throat> Ralston down the road to Whitehair Memorial, which is uh, the home of a woman, an Osage, it's, it's Osage uh, County, Osage Indian County, um, who lived there, who, who left uh, instructions in her will to make her home a research center. 
when she died. So that is primarily what that is. It's not a museum, it's a research center. So we That's interesting. Yeah, that scene that's different, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I didn't know there was one. So the next trip we took we went to Ponca City to see the museum there and the Pioneer Woman statue that I'm sure most of us know about. She is 17 feet tall, wow. weighs 12,000 pounds, and was erected in 1930 at $300,000 for the winner of the person who, they had, uh, there was, it was a contest and several people submitted models of their pioneer woman. And the oh. winner would get $300,000. Wow. And so the winner, the statue we see was the winner. Uh, then we went to Dewey, Oklahoma, a place I'd never really heard of, maybe in tornado warnings, but yeah. <laughs> uh, to see the Tom Mix Museum. Now, Tom Mix uh, was an actor. He was very well known at the time. Um, died in a... <laughs> you're not going to believe this. He loved to speed. He loved to drive. He was very uh, oriented to fast driving, and he had a super... What did they call it? Super supercharged car. He left a party one night, got into his 1937 supercharged car and to drive down the road and lost control of it at a construction detour. He died when his metal suitcases, which were stacked on the back seat, shot forward and broke his neck. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. That's how he died. Um, He was the first Hollywood Western star. He was very, very famous and his horse's name was Tony. Oh. So anyway, that was in Dewey. And then we came back to Enid, through Enid, to the Cherokee Strip Regional Heritage Museum, which is a really neat place. It's clean and it's uh, fun. It does offer tours of the museum and the outside buildings. They have the uh, an original land office. That was the only museum that has a land office that we visited. It's the only one. The only one in the state, yes. Um, and outside the museum, they have what they call Humphrey Village. And which consists of a, um, a a church and a school of the period of time, the land office, and a beautiful uh, house that was donated, two-story house or three-story house that was donated. Um, so that was a fun visit. Okay, from there we went to Kingfisher, um, which to visit the Chisholm Trail Museum and the Horizon Hill and Horizon Hill. Uh, Outside that museum is where you see the outlaw Dalton house that the mother lived in, and I guess the boys did too, I don't know. They moved it from the property near Kingfisher to this uh, historical site. It's also the site of Governor Say Mansion from 1892, and if I remember correctly, he was the first territorial governor. So that was kind of fun. And that's, that's another one of those old, old houses that just are furnished. I don't know how they've kept the furnishings as long as they have, but a lot of these places did, which helps to make them very interesting. Then we went, the next trip, we went to Clinton uh, to the Oklahoma Route 66 Museum. And, of course, that's totally different. That has nothing to do with settlers or dugouts or, <laughs> or, or the Civil War. It's all about... Um, what you would find in Oklahoma on that Route 66, you know, and it's bright and it's colorful and it's fun and it's music in there. and So that was kind of fun. That was total break from anything else we'd That's seen at that neat. point. From there we went to Aline, which is where the Sod House is, and the majority of us know about the Sod House, whether we've been there or not. Um, it was staked in 1893 and is the only one built by the original homesteader 
still standing. Now that man, it has a wonderful little story, and I think that's where I thought, you know, it'd be nice to have something written to take home with me about this man. He um, had to walk, the, the, there was a, the director was there telling us all about this story, uh, this man. <clears throat> had to walk, or not walk, had to go a mile north of, of his staked land to get sawed to make a house. So we knew when we heard that story that he had to know where water was because he would have had to have wet that sod down at least halfway back to his land to keep it wet so he could work with it when he got it home. So. That right there kind of tells you the story. But anyway, so he builds this house, which is there. It's really, it's really been kept well. Um, he met a woman and married her. She brought her. She had to bring her piano from wherever you know up north she came from. I don't know how he met her, but uh, so she brought her piano. And at some point, they had to sell the piano to buy a cow. Oh, that's yeah. So, so that's kind of a neat story. And yeah. when he, when he, um, at the, and then he went on to live in a different house and. Uh, when the society, as the story goes, when the society, and might have moved in with his daughter, his daughter was there when she heard the story, the, the, the Oklahoma Historical Society went to him three times to try to buy that sod house from him. Oh my gosh. Because he thought that they were talking about buying the house he was living in at the time. No, you can't have it. No, you yeah. can't. No, I'm going to go sell it when they were talking about the sod house. So. Anyway. Is the sod house in, inside the museum? It's inside the museum. And yes, and there's other artifacts there. There's also a cellar I'll that you can yeah. see how the, the food was kept and that kind of thing That's and where neat. they went for um, protection. So that was neat. That is neat. And then we spent a day uh, closer to Oklahoma City. We went to Guthrie to see the Oklahoma Territorial Museum and Carnegie Library, which was wonderful. That library, the museum was one thing because it's our first um, capital. But the Carnegie Library was wonderful. It had huge, huge dark beams oh, in wow. this huge room. And it was just, it was wonderful. I'd never been in a Carnegie Library that I can think of, that I knew of at the we time. Used to have one here, Is that what that was here? Yeah. yeah. See, but I didn't it realize it at the time. Library, yeah. I wasn't very appreciative at that, at well, that time, I guess. We had to get old. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so we did that. And then we went on to Oklahoma City to visit the State Capitol Museum. The Oklahoma History Center, which is wonderful as well. Big, lots of good, good, good things in there. And then to the Henry and Anna Overholzer Mansion in Oklahoma City. So we were able to do those four in one, wow. one day. <clears throat> and then we began our overnighter. We went to Claremore to see the Will Rogers Memorial Museum, which is also huge and wonderful. Yeah. Uh, it's called Memorial Museum because he's buried there. He and his wife and some family members wow. are actually buried out outside yeah. there, and there's a nice memorial garden to, to visit as well. He, they had bought property in California, and they were going to build a ranch out there when he was so busy in his you know, journalistic endeavors and his acting and speaking. And, uh, but they didn't get it done, so when he died... He died in California. She brought him back to Oklahoma and established this memorial museum. Uh, from there, we went to Ulaga, which who knows where Ulaga is or even how to say Ulaga. Yeah, right. But uh, it's down the road from Claremore to his uh, to Will Rogers' birthplace ranch, which is alive and well. It continues 
today as a working ranch. Is that a separate museum from the other museum? Yes, it's two different places. So yeah. we had to visit yeah. both yeah. places. Um, yeah, there was the, the cat and the goats or whatever out there. Not any people because it's only a section of that property. And the working part was somewhere else off the, in the property. Wonderful house, wonderful house. Well kept. Um, and we really enjoyed that. And I'm glad we went because since then, the Cherokee Nation has purchased that from the Oklahoma Historical Society. So I don't know that we would have ever seen it. True. Yeah. You know? Um, so anyway, from there, we went to a place called Big Cabin. Now, nobody who knows, maybe somebody listening knows where Big Cabin is, but we didn't know where it was. Uh, and it turns out it's a battlefield. Uh, it was the late, last major Civil War engagement in Indian Territory in 1864. So right there, that's kind of important. I mean, if yeah. you're a history buff or if you're a Civil War buff, of course, you might already know that if you're a Civil War buff and live in Oklahoma. But um, it said that a federal wagon train valued at $1,500,000 was attacked on the military road to Fort Gibson. Here at Big Cabin Creek, a Confederate force of 2,000 captured a Union supply train of 130 wagons and 740 mules, wow. all heavily loaded with commissary supplies. Wow. And so there at, at Big Creek, you're going, I mean at Cabin, Big Cabin, you're going to visit a cemetery in the round, kind of. There's no, there's no guide, there's no gift shop, there's no museum. The museum is the cemetery. Oh my God. Uh, but it's well uh, documented there. I mean, there's nice signs and whatever. Uh, so that was totally, totally new to us. Then we went to Fort Gibson down the road further south from there, and uh, it is located near the end of the Cherokee Trail of Tears. It uh, was set up to facilitate United States government policies of westward expansion and Indian removal. Uh, one of the oldest, if not the oldest, non-Indian settlement in Oklahoma, 1824. You know how long ago? That's a, that's, that's two hundred. Yeah. That's two hundred years yeah, ago. That, yeah, Goodness gracious! Yeah. You know. Wow. And that was that was a neat place as well. You know, from there we went to Spyro, which is way east on the eastern border of Oklahoma, bordering Arkansas, um, and it's called Spyro Mounds Archaeological Center. Now, archaeological seriously, I never thought about, especially in Oklahoma. Yeah. But. Um, they have mounds there that were that the native, the Indians way before territory time lived came through, and they would build a, a house that was a mound, a house, yeah, a living area, yeah. whatever whatever it was called. And it was a mound, and if it was destroyed by fire or came apart or whatever, they would build on top of it, and on top of it, and on top of it, and on, on you know until they couldn't until it was too high or they decided to start another mound. And we saw remnants of that, the council house and that kind of thing. Uh, so that was kind of, that was that was totally different. Yeah, that's, wow. <clears throat> that's the only archaeological center we that was on the site, I mean, was on the list to visit. We went to Park Hill from there, which is over by um, Tahlequah, deep into the Cherokee territory, then and now. Yeah, it still is. Yeah, uh-huh. And where we visited a place called Hunter's Home, um, so named because the, the man who owned the property loved to hunt. So it was called Hunter's really? Home. Yes, That's very simple, yes. Yeah. And I learned that because I asked questions. There was yeah. no, you know, no information there. Yeah. There was, this was the only place we visited where the guide was dressed in period clothing. 
um, he wore the little horn rim glasses and that kind of thing. And That's it was the, the only place where we entered where we would have been expected to give him a calling card. And they would take your little calling card and put it in a little tray by the door and you would be announced that way. And so the, the person whose property you were on would have a, a history of who had come to oh, see him yeah. that day. Yeah. But uh, So he took us through the house and this was a house that was built. The man who built the house had come from Virginia when he was young and gone to Tennessee to visit his brother or stay with his brother, who was working for a Cherokee Indian man who was high up in the ranks in Cherokee. And when the removal began, they came to, he came with him to Oklahoma, ended up marrying his daughter and building this house and built a plantation as he could remember it from his childhood days in Virginia. And so he built a tr- an apple orchard, wow. had a plantation, had the slaves, uh, you know, the farm life, the ch- chickens or whatever. And they're in the pro- my understanding is they're in the process of building that up a little bit better now. But that it was a it was a really pretty house and uh, we and I really I like that one. I thought it was just fun the the name of it Hunter's Hill yeah, yeah. Or Hunter's Home. Uh, it's on Cherokee land now. The man could not buy the property when he built the home because it belonged to the Cherokees, but he was allowed to live on it. Was he Cherokee? He wasn't Cherokee. Yeah. No, but he married the the his wife was the daughter of the man that he had oh. met in Tennessee. Oh, they had all wow. come yes. Yeah. Well, it's probably kind of a small world in those days. Yeah. I mean, they kind of... Okay, so then we went from Park Hill to Chakota. Another, who knows where Chakota is, but... And there's a place called uh, Honey Springs Battlefield, which was really interesting because it was another place that talked about uh, the involvement of Oklahomans in the uh, or Oklahoma Territory in the Civil War. And it, it was a really nicely laid out battlefield and it had a really nice uh, film about how the soldiers came together. There were black soldiers and white soldiers and Indian soldiers fitting, uh, working, to, uh, working, fighting together for the property. Um, so that was very interesting. We had no idea about that one either. Yeah, wow. So then we went to, <clears throat> and, then we went, and then we came home. <laughs> And we had three left, and we couldn't, you know, I don't know, oh, you know. My husband was getting kind of sore from driving. He yeah. was doing all the driving. He says, I don't know. He says, you know, we've seen a lot of them. And, of course, we so we just, I just was quiet. We waited a couple of days, and finally he says, you know, there's only three left. You know, we've seen all the 21. Why don't we just do the other three? So we spent another overnighter, went way south in Oklahoma, and caught uh, three sites across the southern border of Oklahoma. We went to Altus first, which is the uh, Museum of the Western Prairie, the only one that had a dugout, uh, which was a nice little, and a windmill, you know, Prairie st- Museum of the Western Prairie, you know, had to have a windmill. Then we went to Atoka. Uh, they also have a very nice museum, but there, that might have been one of my, probably if I had a favorite. They had the story of how during the Civil War, the soldiers would come across from Arkansas carrying mail um, to Texas. Well, when they got to that place in Atoka, there was water, you know, they were camped. Well, measles broke out within the troops. Mm. And so they had to leave the men that were afflicted and take the rest of the men and the mail on to Texas. So there's a cemetery there. But the cemetery are soldiers who died from measles. Oh, not from yeah, the war. Or, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really sad to see that it because sad. some of those headstones are 
you could tell were scratched, the names were scratched out with a stick or something, and it's just like oh. tears you apart to see this. Anyway, so I thought oh, that wow. was that was really different. Yeah, wow. <clears throat> and then the last time we visited was Fort Townsend, which you've already heard about, which has the um, which would have been where we would have ridden ridden the keelboat had we chosen that as a prize. But since my husband doesn't like water like that well, it's uh, way down there and it's, and it's and and it's very way far from here we would have had to schedule that for another day anyway so we but we went to Fort Towson which is a really nice museum again it also tells a story that probably hardly anybody knows about of the excavation of the heroin uh, the heroin which was a shipwreck that happened there and they were able to uh, gather items from the ship to put in the museum. And so that tells its own story within the museum, yeah. as well as the fact of the fort itself. And it was, um, the fort served as a last stop for repairs, supplies, and rest for troops heading to war in 1845. So that was the last one. And we thought, mission accomplished by the time we got to that one. You know, that was 20, <laughs> that was 24 museums in a wow. three week period. Um, I might say, though, that on the way, when we went to Atoka, I said to my husband, you know, we're out here floating around in a part of the country that we never come to and probably maybe may never come back to. Why don't we go while we're in Atoka at their museum and the Civil War Cemetery, go to Reba's place. Reba Reba McIntyre had just opened a restaurant there. Well, I don't know if I want to go. I said, come on, come on. We'll let her have this opportunity. And so we went. It was really nice. The food was fun, and there was That's live great. music. Uh, we got there at a good time. So if you, anyone listening wants to go, get there a little early because <laughs> we got there probably about right at 5, and after we were there 15 minutes, the rest of the town showed up. So just saying. But anyway, yeah. so that was fun, and we had already decided that since we were going to be down there, we would go on to Hugo. Once we left Atoka, we went... To Hugo, which is known as the Circus, what is it known as? The uh, Circus Town, USA, which is where um, there's a piece of their town cemetery called uh, Mount Olivet Cemetery. A section of that is called uh, Showman's Rest, and there are circus people buried there from the 1930s um, who were in circus. They, it, the story goes from down there that they would go there to die. Oh my! The sur- the yeah. the circus people, or if they were ex were killed in a you know performance yeah. or something or on disease or whatever, that they would be buried together there at Restman's uh, Showman's Rest, and so you go down there and there's all these fabulous fabulous headstones, wow. elephant you know and high tops and trapeze artists and it's really kind of a, a just a, a neat one once in a lifetime experience. Yeah. Rumor has it there's also elephants down there. I still hear that. I did not see any signs. Well, you would see an elephant. <laughs> Obviously, we were not in the right place, or we didn't read all the signs. But anyway, so we added those two little extra activities along the way. So if you're on the road and you're going somewhere specific, I would suggest that you kind of check the area out, and maybe you'll be able to include something that was never on your original itinerary. Well, thanks for being here today, B. Wow, that's that's uh, talk about a tall tale. Uh, that's pretty exciting. I know our listeners are found out a lot of information today. I know I did. Uh, I, I thanked everyone for listening today. Of course, special thanks to B and to Mike uh, for sharing their fun adventure on the Oklahoma Trail. 
and getting the name of Baby Bison, Aura. Please share this podcast to keep history alive. I so appreciate your letting us bend your ear a little bit today. This is Joe Cummings, and I will see you next time on Tall Tales Uncovered.